0: What's happening team, welcome to the Type 1 Movement Podcast where I'm going to be sharing with you my tips, tricks and stories to help you lead the healthiest life possible as a Type 1 diabetic. I'm your host, Type 1 Tom. Just a quick disclaimer, any advice that I give will not overpower your medical professional so please consult with them first if you're thinking of making any changes. Gang, welcome back to another episode of the Type 1 Movement Podcast. And I've got, you know, I love to get people on this, this podcast, on this show. And I've got another special guest, Vanessa, the diabetic health coach. So thank you for reaching out and coming on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Tom.
0: You're it's
1: welcome. I are this to, speak to with diabetes.
0: Yeah, it is like we always say, like our community and stuff like that is good to interact, isn't it? So... Yeah,
1: definitely. definitely.
0: So why don't you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do?
1: No worries. So my name is Vanessa. I also go under the name Diabetic Health Coach. I'm an online health and fitness coach, personal trainer, and I'm also a behavior analyst as well. So what I do is I work with people with type one diabetes type two diabetes just like tom does helping them to achieve the health and fitness related goals and i also help people to change their behavior as well so a little bit of a a difference in terms of the the behavior change side of things but what I do is I incorporate a lot of that into my coaching as well um I've got type 1 diabetes I've had it since I was about three years old I was horrendous as a teenager growing <laughs> up diabetes. I, I was honestly probably the worst <laughs> worst teenager you could I, I, honestly some of the stuff I look back on I think how on earth did i even get away with that but yeah i kind of changed for the better you know when i hit around the like 18 20 and i just thought you know what this ain't going to go away i need to you know look after myself i need to really start focusing on my health so i did and i started to control my diabetes a lot more kind of started my own health and fitness journey and then that led me to where i am today um you know helping others to do the exact same thing so yeah that's that's me i'm from Charlie, as you can probably <laughs> as
0: as we've just had the conversation about,
1: <laughs> literally every, every time I say they're like, "Where are you from?" I say Charlie, everyone goes, "Oh, Charlie!" <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I um, so yeah, that's me. That's a little bit about me.
0: Love it, love it and I love one thing that I picked up on then, and what you said is like the behavioral side of things yeah. because I think and I always preach about this, um, behavior is massive for us as type 1 diabetics and especially if we're trying to improve our glucose control or our health and fitness and I think it's so easy for some people sometimes to try and try and look for instant gratification in outside things, say changing like food or changing the way we're training or stuff like that instead of being inside themselves if that makes sense to try and look for changes in in your actual behaviors so i think that's a massive important aspect of, of being a coach like you say yeah
1: absolutely because the thing is with with diabetes if you think of anything if you think of any behavior a behavior will in my industry we refer to it as it's anything a dead man can't do that is a behavior me talking to you right now is a behavior me hmm. you know like my dog sleeping over there is a behavior and our behavior is modified by everything around us. So if you weren't right here in front of me on the computer, I wouldn't be talking right now. So that's yeah. an example of how our behavior is modified by our environment around us. And it's looking at for, you know, like with diabetes, for example, if we our behavior is shaped by positive reinforcement, where you know something something follows a behavior and it reinforces that behavior, so it occurs again. And the same for punishment. If something mm. follows a behavior that's not not something that we want to see, it punishes that behavior. So we're less likely to participate in that behavior. Now, if you imagine us with diabetes, we can have days where we're like, oh, yeah, doing a great job today, done everything right, everything's on point, proud of myself, check our bloods, face with double figures. We just think, what the oh. – do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what happens then is it, pun- it punishes our behavior then it's like it's like when you you've got someone who's running for two weeks five K a night and then step on the scales and then they you know they've not lost anything again it punishes that behaviour so then you just think oh sod it what's the point so it's trying to kind of help people to come around that and that kind of mindset around if you know because that's the thing with diabetes we're we're always gonna have bad days. We're always gonna have days where No matter what we do, it's not going to go our way. I've been, I've been having a couple of those days recently. Um, Just again, it's just one of them things, isn't it? So trying to help people to kind of overcome that kind of thing, like around mindset and you know, focusing on shaping behaviours and yeah, just kind of taking it step by step. Really,
0: love that. I love that. And like I always preach on these. Even us as coaches have fucking bad days. Like that's just the nature of being a type one diabetic. Yeah. But like yeah. you say, I think it's how you participate and your reaction to those bad days and trying to change, like you say, your behavior when something doesn't go your way. Yeah, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, but it's trying to change your behavior and look, take a positive from it, like yeah. a lesson in some way, shape or form. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So, I always like to ask, because I'm a bit of a nosy bastard, like people's diagnosis stories when they come on the show. So tell <laughs> us your diagnosis story.
1: Wow. See, I can actually remember it really clearly, which is weird because people say to me, "How can you remember that far back?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I actually remember my second birthday, which is crazy. Jesus. I look at a <laughs> two-year-old now, and I'm like, "No, like, I literally, could, I can remember it clear as day." Um, so yeah, I was. I remember being before I got my diagnosis. I was so thirsty. Oh my god! Like literally, I remember just like chugging on pints of water one after the other. And my mum, like, she knew that something wasn't right. She looked at me. She said, "I looked like I'd lost a lot of weight. I looked pale. I looked ill." And I remember they took me to the GP, and I was sat in this room. And I always remember this like poster of Aladdin on, you know, like on a kit in a kid's like yeah. room. They always have like Disney stuff around. I always remember this like poster of Aladdin on the wall. And I just remember seeing my mum and dad like, "Oh my God!" Obviously, the dog doctor was telling them what <laughs> I had, and they didn't have a clue. I mean, back then. What was it like 1990s it's like the, the they wouldn't have had the technology and like social media that they had now, so they literally no. had no idea what it was so anyway I was in hospital for a week um and during that time obviously my mum and dad were like they had so much information thrown at them and they had to take it all in and they were injecting into oranges and teddy bears and just getting used to what was to come And um, because when I was diagnosed it was all syringes there was no pens or anything like that um and then the meters were like really bulky and you like you had to wait like 30 seconds to get more <laughs>
0: um
1: and yeah i always remember my first injection it took about three nurses to kind of hold me down to right. have this insulin injection because i was just not having any of it um and yeah that's what i remember really and then from there it just kind of became the norm really just yeah. I, I mean people ask me all the time like did it affect your childhood and to, and to be honest like not really because I don't I can't really I don't know any different and I yeah. mean I don't know like, when were you diagnosed
0: um I was 21 and I'm 34 this month so
1: You're
0: <laughs> yeah well okay. I'm boxing I'm 33 right now but this month on boxing day I'm 34.
1: No way I thought you were in your 20s oh I yes!
0: <laughs> no. I love that. You're not the first person to say <laughs> that. Easy life, <laughs> easy, easy yeah. paper round. Oh, did I you? Said is, that. Young? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what You just gotta keep it well controlled. And keep you young. You'll be all right. God.
1: but oh, So you
0: was? was you two then when you was diagnosed?
1: Three.
0: You say three? God. Oh, yeah. oh,
1: pretty young, and then I. I, I always say it's like whenever I whenever I do like talks and stuff. But when my when I was younger, the the most memorable thing I can remember the ice cream man used to come round like every time <laughs> and my mum told him that he had to make me my like I've got I had my own ice cream that he called the Vanessa special and I was like yeah hey, I got Vanessa special and basically what it was you imagine like a normal ice cream that's like got two toppings it was like literally the tiniest bit of ice cream in the tiniest cone for like ten p. They call it <laughs> special and it was like, it was like the, the shittest ice cream you could ever
0: uh, i thought it was gonna be a mega ice cream then <laughs>
1: <laughs> no like literally it, it was just like this it just looked pointless and i used to get that every time the ice cream man come and i'd be like can i have a vanessa special please thinking i was like oh yeah <laughs>
0: I'm gonna ask oh, yeah. the ice cream van next time he comes around here. I'm gonna ask yeah. him to honestly, get all ice cream.
1: Honestly, I'm surprised Ooh. it's not gone global but um, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, and then my mum, like my mum and dad were great. My mum and dad were amazing when I was younger. Mm. I mean, my dad used to bless him, like stand outside Tesco with, you know, the the diabetes UK tubs. Yeah. they're you know, like just stood there in the rain trying to like. Get money for Diabetes UK, the charity. Bless him. Um, just gift. little things like that. My mum, she, she like wrote all these letters to my neighbours saying, "Vanessa has type one diabetes. Do not give her any sweets." And then put <laughs> them in box letterbox in our neighbourhood. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there were some kind of like shit times growing up where, but like Halloween and people were just chucking like coppers into your bucket. And <laughs> yeah, you got. That's probably episodes. the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it's. Uh, it's I mean, it's. I still had a good childhood. I still did everything that I wanted to do. You know, I was on all the sports teams. So it didn't stop me anything. More when I hit my teenage years, of it kind of <laughs> went a bit downhill from there. But yeah. So
0: talk us through that because I'll normally say how um, diabetes changed your life, but I suppose if you was only three, it's kind of been your way of life for so long in so many years. But what was your What was your teenage years like and how did you manage to transition kind of out of that?
1: So basically, what was difficult was because I had so much done for me as a child. When I went to high school, that was it then. It was like, you know, I I, I had to do everything on my own, basically. I didn't know anyone else with diabetes. There was no one in my school. And you're talking like a high school of like, what, 1,200 kids? No Mm. one had diabetes other than me. So I think that in itself again like linking in with behavior your your environment modifies your behavior there was no one there for motivation there was no one there to kind of keep obviously the teachers knew but they to be honest they probably weren't very clued up back then anyway with what it was it's a lot different now um and yeah just like any teenager I just wanted to do what my friends were doing you kind of it's one of the I think high school's a funny kind of place anyway because everyone wants to fit in don't they everyone wants to have like a good group of mates and like my diabetes, it just kind of got in the way a bit. So I just tried to kind of ignore it a little bit, but not realise, because you don't realise back then, you don't realise the damage that it's doing when you're not you're not doing what you should be doing, basically. Yeah. Um, So I just got out of the habit of checking my blood. I never missed an injection. I always injected whenever I ate, which I knew I needed to do, but I weren't, I, I was just guessing. I was just like, I'm mm. eating something, I'm going to have some insulin. and I didn't like have much understanding around it um and again it's kind of like back then i didn't have my um you know my freestyle libra sensor all i had was my meter and i'd probably check maybe like once a day if that or maybe even once every two days if i was faced with a high reading again linking in with punishment i'd just be like nah i'll just ignore that I, i can't bother even worrying about it um i always say like my my worst thing i look back now and i just think how on earth did I even manage to drink that but Fanta Fruit Twist was my favourite drink like (laughs) Fruit Twist um it was just like a drink I I just used to go and get at the shop and I look back I look now and I'm like how on earth was I not like comatose in hospital with the amount of Fanta Fruit Twist that I used to eat uh, eat um but yeah so I was just a bit rebellious I mean I think it's kind of when when you're at that age as well you just want to kind of do your own thing you don't like taking direction anyway do you you just kind. of and then my mum being my mum obviously she saw me growing up with diabetes so she's always been very kind of like rigid with it like have you checked your blood have you done this have you done that and yeah I think having that a lot of the time because she knew that I wasn't following through with it it just kind of became a little bit aversive where I was just kind of ignoring what she was saying and
0: Mm.
1: just going into a bit of a like a dark hole with it all really and then it was only when I got to college I actually met someone with type 1 diabetes for the first time like, like I met someone face to face I was like oh I was like oh my god like I've
0: literally there's more like, of like, us oh my-. I don't <laughs> we're like, real <laughs> it
1: reminds me of um oh what was that I saw I saw a meme on Instagram it's like those Toy Story aliens like
0: <laughs> <is that?" laughs> yeah I've seen um, that
1: and then um, <laughs> So yeah, I I got chatting to her and I was, I was asking a lot of questions and she was like, oh yeah, I do this and I do this. And I was thinking, you know, I don't do that. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh my God, I really need to change my ways. So that kind of was the first step. And I was just like, right, I need to really sort my shit out basically. Um, and then it was when I was 18, I got my diagnosis of retinopathy and maculopathy. Um, retinopathy, like background retinopathy, I was always a bit like, mm, everyone gets mm. a little bit at some point. But it was the maculopathy that got me. I was like, oh my God, like literally. I remember I got that letter and it was like a it was like a nail in the coffin because I was sat I was sat in the hospital car park with a broken foot.
0: Because <laughs> right.
1: I just broke my foot and I was like, oh my god, I've got to go and get my foot seen too. And then next minute I got this letter, I opened this letter and it said I had diabetic maculopathy. And I was like, no, it was like literally the worst combo. And I was just sat there <laughs> thinking, oh my God, right. I need to really start looking after myself so I did I took it step by step I just started checking my blood more I started to so back then um it was like they didn't have like you know it's like social media now like Instagram mm. Facebook The it was more kind of like Google Hangouts were emerging yeah. so you could kind of like do Skype calls with people so I got in contact with Diabetes UK and like asked them how I could get involved with some, like voluntary work. And they, they, they let me host like Google Hangout meetings with people with diabetes. Um, so I started doing that. I started like getting people together. We just chat, like have a coffee at night and just like, just talk about all things diabetes. And just that itself had such a massive impact on my own motivation. I was just like, Oh my God, like, it's crazy. The yeah. difference, the more motivated I feel talking to people um and yeah so I did that I did loads of volunteering for diabetes UK and JDRF and then I started getting to health and fitness myself um I used to be like a runner I used to do loads of running loads of swimming like very cardio based and I again like I was it was I was getting used to understanding how my blood sugars worked and what caused them to increase decrease and so Mm. on and I was finding that I was just spiking so much with running. So I just tried something a bit different. I so thought, I'll go to the gym and do something a bit different. Then that's when I got into training. That's when I got into lifting and that and this and that. And then that kind of led me on to become a personal trainer. And yeah, you just kind of like spiral from there, really. And yeah, yeah so
0: I think exactly. it does with that, doesn't it? I think we always like I like with myself, I've always had kind of an idea where I want to go, but you end up taking different paths, don't you, along the way. Like, yeah. it's strange with that. And I think with what you said there when you was a teenager, I think that's key to touch on because if there's any, you know, parents of type 1s listening to this or even any teenagers, um, then when you're a teenager, I think you just want to be normal, like you say, and fit in. And if you're saying you didn't know anyone else with type 1 diabetes, it'll be like having to test your bloods or give injections or watching what you eat and carb counting, like my mates aren't doing it. I can't really be fucking asked with this. And it kind of, like you say, is... We're, we all wanted to fit in like as a teenager so it must have been a difficult time and then with you saying like this is why I did a podcast a while ago for like the parents of the type ones and have spoken to a few parents of type ones and who have reached out and said you know I'm really worried about my child you know looking after the diabetes but like you said with your mum if someone can be so um voicey about it sometimes we can rebel a little bit against that and I think that's a key point what you said there isn't it
1: yeah sometimes it's kind of like say to my mum sometimes, I, this is how you could have maybe gone about it with, you know, regards to changing my behaviour. Because mm. it's it's like what we think might make someone do something, it can actually do the opposite. It can be aversive. So it can be like what we call like an aversive stimulus. Mm. So it's like it's thinking how can we like modify that environment so that we're reinforcing checking glucose levels. um. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I even said to her, like, what you could have done is I even had, like, some form of – you know how we do, like, behaviour anyway, kids' behaviour, like, yeah. reward system? You know, like, as a young, like a young teenager, like, where it's, like, added pocket money and, like, not being paid for it, but you know what I mean? Like, just initially getting me yeah. to check my blood because so if I can check my yeah. blood, let's say, you know, five, six times a day for a total of five days, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, like, I'll get, like, added pocket money. and. Yeah. Like, even though that, but even though it doesn't sound great, you don't really want to be paid for something that you've got to do, but you, you, it's all about kind of solidifying that behavior and getting it, like acquiring it basically to then maintain it.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. What you're saying, yeah. I suppose it's down like there's even something simple like if you go and say to a toddler, like, put your toys away, um, and they don't want to do it, they won't do it. Yeah, Um, but i think put your toys away and i'll give you a a biscuit or something like that they're probably going to go and do it and like you say, i think you're right in saying getting onto the behavior side of stuff we i think we always if we just ask someone to do something straight out sometimes they won't do it but if we make something that's in it for them beneficial for them then they've got more chance of doing it if that makes sense
1: that's it it's like it's looking at so it's, it's kind of looking at something that follows a behavior that's more likely to make that behavior reoccur again, which is what we call reinforcement. Um, so it's it's trying to incorporate some form of like positive consequence following a behavior that's going to make that behavior more likely to occur again. So um, even like something even as simple, like where let's say I did check my blood and I was a teenager, um, my mum praising me for doing that as well. Yeah. so rather than imagine like imagine if she asked me to check my glucose on, so i did and then it's like oh, it's high what you've eaten
0: yeah.
1: it's kind of like rather than saying that it's it's switching it's like oh well done for checking your glucose why don't we do the same again tomorrow and then let's see what it is then so even like just changing little things like that can have such a big do you know what i mean like sometimes yeah. what i mean i used to do it all the time i check my blood and it'd be like in the 20s and my mom would be like what have you eaten now? and i'd be like "Right, i'm not doing it again now
0: yeah yeah. You, you know yeah.
1: What I mean, so it's trying to kind of look at how um, well this this again, like the with the sensor, for example, how the, the impact that that has had on the behaviour of checking glucose levels is just crazy. There's quite a lot of research around it now. Um, but if you think like how often we scan to check compared to actually having to get the meter out, check it, pricking our finger again, aversive because it's pain um checking our blood glucose levels on the meter that this this is so much easier but because of the ease that in itself increases the behavior of checking yeah it's easier to do so it's also looking at how we can make things easier in our environment um you know it's it's it's, i always use the example for example with chocolate imagine if you've got someone who's eating loads of chocolate put that chocolate in a locked box in another lock box on top of your kitchen cabinet and lock the kitchen door the response effort to go and get yeah, that yeah. chocolate is so high that you're more likely to not participate in that behavior whereas yeah. if that chocolate was right here next to me I'd be do you see what I mean so it's kind yeah. of like when linking in with how the environment affects our behavior so sorry I'm going into like all
0: no you're all right it's people. interesting <laughs> that's like you're right in what you're saying and I think over ones will take a lot from this because I speak to a lot and they're like or out of sight, out of mind, I'm having high readings or I'm all over the place or so I don't really bother checking or anything. And that's why I, you're probably the same with your clients. But with my clients, I'm fucking massive on celebrating small wins. And you know yeah. what? If they, they, they were checking and their average isn't where I want it to be, I'll say, you know what? You've checked in. You've not shied away. Take the fucking positive from it. You're here. You're speaking to me. You're getting help. There's so much positive stuff that you can take from it. And even if you're a type one and you do test your glucose and you're a little bit high and it's frustrating you, give yourself praise for actually testing, yeah, and do you know what I mean, and and I always say praise that if it does frustrate you a little bit, take the kind of comfort in that, knowing that it's frustrating you because you care. So yeah. turn it round into like a positive as well. So I think that's key with what you're saying with that, yeah,
1: absolutely. Because it's like, for example, we, you know, we we see readings, and the thing is with those with One, we're we're constantly you know around numbers it's all about numbers it's all about stats it's all about percentages sometimes it can get quite overwhelming and mm. the thing is we've got kind of the certain numbers that we naturally find aversive like as soon as like as soon as i see a double figure that's like that for me even even for me i think oh. do you know what i mean like you just yeah. think you're all yeah, like but however it's all about looking at the, and the best way that i i try and explain it to my clients the freestyle libra um you know the app you know you've Mm. got like different colors now speaking to an endo about this it's like imagine you've got the timing range which is your green so again like green being a color that automatically makes us feel better we see green we feel better sometimes you, you can scan and as soon as you've seen the green you don't even have to look at the number it automatically makes us feel better so you've got to imagine that the green is like the dry land okay so you, then you've got your yellow, which is usually that between like eight to thirteen, and then you've got your deep red, which is like mm-hmm. the, the higher end. And the way I see it is like, imagine that the yellow is like the the shallow end. So it's it's that kind of, and this is what an endor explained to me, and it made so much sense. It's like we can allow ourselves to get into that shallow end every now and then, and that's okay because you know. Even, even those w- without diabetes go into that shallow end yeah. every now and then and you know it's, it sometimes it's going to be it, it's going to be very difficult to never be in that shallow end mm. but you've just got to see it as a shallow end and if you're in that shallow end it's very easy to come back to dry land it's the deep end we want to try and avoid so it's yeah. it's kind of looking at it like that so that's not a fail. you've just kind of dipped into the shallow end let's get you back into that dry onto the dry land yeah and then and then the laws just like I don't know up a mountain or something
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you
1: know I mean? like trying to look at it like that so it's like right yeah it's double figures I'm in the I'm in the shallow end you know I'm like it, it, I can I can look at what I can do now to try and get back on dry land but it's okay and it's all about accepting you know what every now and then you know I'm going to go into that shallow end and that's okay as long as I can you know avoid going even deeper yeah that makes
0: total sense. I so like that I mean, analogy. A
1: good way to think about it. Like, if you
0: think, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Instead of look, thinking about numbers and trying to burn yourself out all the time with it, no, that yeah. makes total sense. So, walk us through a typical day for you, Vanessa, in terms of what it looks like from you waking up to when you are going to sleep. We always like to say this, but the other like online coaches we've had on and normally are like, yeah, it's just a little bit boring, really. I sit down and do work, but
1: <laughs> yeah. <it's the> same. <laughs> people say to me i mean do you have a day off and i'm like no not really i don't no. actually have it. when i think about it i don't actually have a day off but it's fine because it's like um it, it's one of those you do what you love and you yep. don't want to say i really do but yeah no my a typical day for me i'm i'm quite a, ha- a creature habit so i'll yeah. wake up around six o'clock quarter to six um i'll always eat my breakfast the reason that i have my breakfast and I know a lot of people, some people prefer fasting, but the reason I am a breakfast is because I know that it'll set me up for the day in terms of my blood glucose level. So I know what level they're going to be after my breakfast and it kind of like, set. whereas if I miss it, I, I just like having that routine at the very mm-hmm. start of the day uh, just to help me with glucose levels. So I'll get up, have a background insulin, I'll have my breakfast um, and then I'll go for a walk, take my dog for a walk. I'll then come back, do a bit of work, and um, I'll then have so I have four meals a day and then I have my second meal a day. Um sorry, someone's just not from the dog.
0: <laughs> It's all right. I love dogs, you're all right. <laughs> sorry,
1: one second. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, I'll honestly it's so annoying having a dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can
1: just answer that. Yeah, go for it. You're all right. <laughs> Oh my god! Sorry
0: about that. <laughs> All right, you're fine.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, and then I will, you know, just get a, get a bit of laptop work, basically, because that's it. We're always on our laptop. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: Um. And then I, yeah, I mean, I, then I'll train. I I probably train about six times a week. Um. It's just again part of my routine. Um. So yeah, I, I, to be honest. I do it depends what kind of day I'm having as well because sometimes I'll have a day full of Skype calls and um, some days it depends depends on what kind of like line of work I'm doing I'm one to one PT as well so depending on whether the uh, gyms are open some days I'll be there at like 6am then through the day and um, obviously with lockdown I've just been home based and yeah I just kind of just always on my laptop, i probably say, and then get walks in here and there, a couple of runs, just to keep myself, just to keep my expenditure up.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's, that's like uh, when I've spoken to a few other type 1 coaches and stuff, and like with myself, we're, we're always preaching how important it is um, to keep moving, try and keep moving as much as possible throughout the day, even if it's just little walks and how much of an impact that has on managing glucose levels, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, massively. Massive. I can always tell my with my glucose levels, um, when I've had like a sedentary day. So yeah, I just try and aim for like minimum 10 12,000 a day just on, on the average, on the average
0: yeah. day. Yeah. Um, what would you say your outlook is on diabetes?
1: Outlook. As in like, outlook as like, in...
0: Like the way that you view it and the way that you've seen it in your life, if that makes sense.
1: I think that diabetes has made me who I am today and I think without diabetes I wouldn't be as health aware as healthy as fit and I wouldn't be where I am in terms of like you know work-wise either so Mm. to, to me I'm actually quite grateful for diabetes in other ways I obviously like this there's the kind of rubbish sides to diabetes as well so obviously with the the, the eye conditions that I've got but I've accepted you know I know that that's it's it, it's because you know I wasn't great as a teenager and I've, I've learned to accept that and I think that's a huge part of having type 1 diabetes is that acceptance and it's that acceptance of you know what it is what it involves that you know we're going to have crappy days we're going to have crappy weeks and um, there's going to be times where it just gets all too much but again that's just part and parcel mm-hmm. of diabetes but that's just kind of what makes us you know so strong in comparison you know to to others you have no idea what diabetes is and yeah because it's it's not easy it's not it's no. uh i mean it's just constantly it's like there on our shoulder all the time and we're always thinking about it and i think it's not something that's easily ignored because you know when we start getting thirsty we know straight away Oh, we're, we're going high or we start feeling a bit hypo we know we're going low and yeah it's just trying to i always try and get my clients to see the positives of the diabetes yeah like, rather than like thinking of the negatives it's like well what what one po- what one positive can you think of every day that come that, that comes from your having your diabetes um and it's hard at first because you just think a lot of the time we've just got that really negative um you know association with it but it's just trying to start the day one one thing a day how has your diabetes had a positive impact on your life and I think that yeah. in itself can have a big impact on our kind of mindset around it so as I said like I wouldn't be you know, as healthy as I am today. I don't think if I didn't, I'd probably be like out every night. <laughs>
0: <kidding>. right, rebellious, <laughs> but no, I love that oh, you yeah. say that. And you <laughs> speak, I think like myself, and you speak to a lot of um, people who have say that they're they're in a good position with their health and stuff like that, who are tight ones. And it's because of them being a tight one. Um, yeah. And I think to anyone listening to this, you've got a major driver to give a shit about your health because you're a tart one diabetic. So if you're struggling to you to think of a positive from it, we, every single one of us have always got that. We can eat better. We can be a bit more active and that's a positive that will come from it. Isn't it? It just makes you so much more health aware and health conscious.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think we're in, we're kind of aware of our own bodies so much because every single day we're having to kind of analyze how we're feeling and when we not we we always know when something's not quite right, just because we're in mm. such that we're in sync with what's going on every single day. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of positives that that can come from it.
0: Yeah. And like you mentioned about the acceptance, like so you've kind of learned the hard way in a sense. Um from yeah. that. And I speak to a fair few type ones who have like, you know, I've had real problems with my eyes or or the health conditions. If only I would have um, you know, tested a bit more or looked looked after myself a little bit more. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? Sometimes we need a bit of a shitty time and a kick in the ass to, for a wake up call, but you've got to, like you say, accept it, take the lesson and then continue to move forward with it. Haven't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's it. It's just kind of, you know, sometimes we do just need that little bit of a shock tactic where it just makes us, re- it's like with anything, isn't it? I mean, gratitude, what things that we take for granted i mean how we take things for granted in terms of i always use this example we go to sleep and we've got a blocked nose and you can't breathe through your nose how much we take for granted being able to breathe through our nose like that one and it's so
0: frustrating
1: (laughs) i I always take for granted every single day being able to breathe through my nose (laughs) but yeah it's definitely like that and just thinking you know what um it's looking at you know we, we've got we've got access to so much technology now we've got access to um you know peer support so much easily much more easier now and um, like back when i was diagnosed it was nothing like that um they used to do like diabetic holidays like years ago when I, and my mum and dad basically sent someone me someone
0: told me this a while ago we said they don't do it anymore. <laughs> well, no. Oh no my god it was it
1: was it wasn't the actual it wasn't the actual like holiday itself but my god it was like basically I was about three because it was just as I got diagnosed my mum and dad were just like right go on a diabetic holiday one and <laughs> sent me on. I was I, I had it was like a weekend and it was in like this like haunted house and I was like sat with people I didn't even know. And like, it was just, it was just, we, we had to practice like doing our injections. We they don't do them anymore. It was really like, yeah, it was, I didn't enjoy that. But, yeah, that was probably the first <laughs> thing that I had to like, peer support on social media back <laughs> then.
0: Yeah. It had you know, nothing like just, like, diabetic holidays in yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Like sending you to a boarding school or something, isn't it's it? Like,
1: exactly. <laughs> not, I actually think it was a boarding school. but the, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was because it was, like, in the middle of Norway. And it reminded me the, – the, the lady who was in charge reminded me of Miss Trunchbull off Matilda. <laughs> I think that's why I hated it so much. But
0: yeah, no, I won't do it
1: again. But yeah, there's nah, so, no.
0: so, so many easier ways to get in contact with people now. Yeah, there is a lot. We always say is massive. And I did like a, a bit of a rant or podcast, podcasting episode on this the other day. Um, and I was just saying, it's so, so important to get yourself in a positive community. Unlike you saying, obviously you're big on behavior, you're big on positive mindset like myself. And that's just so crucial as a tight one. Being surrounded by people who, are positive towards the condition and stuff is is massive, isn't it? Like you say, it's your, it's your environment as well, which is going to help how you think and your behaviours. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: Oh, what is, I always ask this question, one thing you would say to other type ones? It can be a sentence, not just, doesn't just have to be one word. Um,
1: don't let diabetes define you. So, it's kind of like learning to, it's learning to kind of live with your diabetes and not living against it. So it's it's because I think a lot of the time we kind of think that diabetes stops us doing this or it gets in the way of this. And it's it's just learning to kind of own your diabetes, don't let it own you. Mm. Um and yeah, I put yeah, something along those lines.
0: I love that. I love that. Like yeah. it doesn't define you and own it unless and you're right in saying that, don't let it own you own it and i think we've yeah. all got we've all got the ability to own it yeah and never
1: be ashamed to like show off you know things yeah. like your answer and that kind of thing because i think a lot of people do tend to get a little bit conscious of it mm. Whereas just learning to own it show it off show your pumps off
0: yeah, I, say well, that. Well, I speak well. to a lot that are worried about, um, you know, if they got pumps or if they're trying to get the pump under the dress or injecting in public, and I'm like, you know what? Just go and fucking do it. Be proud yeah. of it, because it's who you are. Own definitely. it, like you say. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah,
0: definitely. So is there anything that you'd like to add or any questions or anything like that? Um, I'm, just,
1: I'm going to ask you, because you've just recently come off the pump, haven't you, in your background? Yes,
0: yes. Are you buying
1: the pens?
0: So I come off I think it was Monday um I changed over uh, so I took the pump off I think it was Sunday night yeah it must have been Sunday night and um went on to Levermere which you're on aren't you Yeah uh, Levermere Le and Nova Rapid um and it's been it's been interesting so far it's been yeah. interesting to see what happens because I get dawn phenomenon um pretty bad think- and obviously yeah that's why I went on the pump um, so I just ended up basically looking at my pump settings. I was like, right, I was on 26 units across for background insulin for basal. So I was like, right, I'm going to split that. So I started on 15 units, 11 in the evening and um, 11 in the morning, but then I got up the dawn phenomenon. So I up to 16 and then not last night, the night before that's, I, I seem to hover low, but then I still get a spike at around like 4am. And then last night I ended up having a spike as well. So I'm going to have to tweak around with that. I'm on 10 units of Levermere for the morning now, but I had quite a few lows yesterday, so I'm going to see what happens today. I've gone with 10 again, just to get a couple of days worth of data, um, and I'll see what happens throughout the day. But um, yesterday wasn't too much of a bad day, more low, not really very high, but I, it's it's interesting to do, and I wanted to do it for the challenge, to be honest with you. I kind of wanted to do it for for the challenge and just to see what kind of control I could get, on pens because we all know like pump is just so like you can really dial in with obviously your basal rate every hour sort of thing but I was like you know what I want a challenge toyed around with it for a little bit I was like fuck it I'm just going for it so it's been interesting to see so far but the real test is um today I'm gonna go back in the gym because the gyms are open now aren't they yeah Um, and I'm gonna see see what happens then during my workout not a big good challenge
1: it's good it's it's interesting like hearing you know like I think it's a good way to show others as well like the differences and like what you find easy and difficult and I mean because I've never used a pump I've always just mm. been on insulin injections and I think just because I'm so routine based with it it, ha- yeah. it helped but I know that for a lot of people it is a little bit of a struggle especially when you're you know you've got so much going on day to day and you know every day is different um so, yeah, no, it's, I'll, I'll keep following your uh, your stories and see how you're getting on with it.
0: Yeah, we're we'll going to keep posting, aren't we? But, yeah, it's been interesting so far. But, well, that just about wraps it up then, if there's nothing else that you want to add or ask, if you're all good.
1: I think that's everything. We've had a good, good natter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think we have. not thank you very much to everyone for listening. And before we do go, let the listeners know where they can find you.
1: Yeah, so I am on Instagram, diabetic health coach and Facebook as well. Um, I've recently just gone on Twitter because I've got like 20 followers on Twitter. <laughs>
0: I'm not really on
1: there. I just thought I just don't, oh, i just got a Twitter account on yet. Yeah, so I've not got that many followers on it, but I've got a Twitter account as well. Um, and also my website is um VH Services, um .co.uk. and yeah. That's
0: that's it. That's me. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll get the links and I'll stick the links in the show notes too, as well, where people can find you. But thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to have a chat. I appreciate that.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.